you'll get uh, everyone will get an email with those uh, devotionals for this week in uh, dealing with the word grace. It was brought to my attention that um, um, the nephew of Larry Davis uh, was tra- tragically lost his life uh, yesterday. And so we want to remember uh, Larry and Linda and all the uh, Davis, Davis family uh, as they mourn this loss. And so let's, uh, let's just pause for a minute and approach our Heavenly Father on behalf of this family. Let's pray. Holy Father, Almighty God, Jehovah, we thank You for this day that You've given us. We thank You for the opportunity that we've had to come together this morning to study Your Word in Bible classes. Father, to approach Your throne in worship by lifting our voices in songs of praise to You, by approaching Your throne in prayer, by also having the opportunity to study Your Word and to think about Jesus being the Prince of Peace. Father, we want to offer up, lift up to You the Davis family as they mourn this tragic loss of BJ. Father, we pray that You will be with them. We pray that You will comfort them. Father, loss of family members is very difficult. And Father, we ask that You will wrap Your arms around this family. We pray that that we as Larry and Linda's church family also might be able to help them and strengthen them and comfort them. Father, we just... Sometimes we don't understand why things happen in life. And Father, there's so many tragedies and so many things that lead to unpeace in our world. Father, we're reminded of the necessity to make sure our lives are right by seeking peace with You. And Father, to encourage others around us to do the same. We pray, Father, that You will help us to do that. And we pray, Father, that You will forgive us when we fail to do that. Father, for our world needs to hear that Jesus came into this world to bring peace. Peace that passes all understanding. Father, we thank You for that. Father, again, we ask that You will be with the Davis family uh, during this tragic time. We lift them up to You. We ask that You will be with them. Father, we, at, we thank You so much for the opportunity to be together tonight. For each and every person that's here, I thank You. For those that might be visiting, I thank You. Father, for the opportunity that we have to gather on a Sunday evening to encourage one another as family, to reunite with one another, to encourage one another as we go out throughout this week. Father, we ask that You will bless us. Father, forgive us when we sin against You. And Father, we ask that You will just bless our time together tonight. Forgive us of all of our many sins. In Christ's holy name we pray. Amen. 
There will be several scriptures that uh, I will note as we look at this word grace. And so I hope that if you're taking notes, you'll write these uh, scripture references down. And I'll read through those briefly. And then there's a few that uh, I want us to focus in on. Uh, Really, as we think about this word grace, a lot of places that we'll focus on are Romans chapter 3 and Romans chapter 6. So if you want to mark those, uh, we will uh, spend a little bit more time there. But there will be a lot of other scriptures that I want us to note as it deals with this word grace. There was a famous preacher driving through a small southern town and he got stopped for speeding and he was charged with speeding and given a ticket. And he admitted his guilt but the police officer still gave him a ticket and said you have to appear in court. The judge asked guilty or not guilty. When he pleaded guilty, the judge, the judge replied that uh, that'll be $10, a dollar for every mile you, were, you went over the limit. Suddenly the judge recognized the famous preacher and he said, you have violated the law. He said, the fine must be paid, but I'm going to pay it for you. He took a $10 bill from his, out from his own wallet, attached it to the ticket, and then took the minister out and bought him a steak dinner. And the minister said with that, that is how God treats a repentant, a repentant sinner. It's a good story about grace. I found out some interesting things, and I've even enjoyed looking at these words from the study guide that the One Word Group have put, has put out to. And if you look at the word grace in the Old Testament, the term is translated, uh, it describes favor shown by one person to another. In fact, we've heard that term. I've heard it all my life, uh, mainly describing grace being unmerited favor. And so I, I, I like the way this uh, person put that, the word grace, favor shown by one person to another. In fact, the term translated fa- is translated favor far more times than grace in the Old Testament. 69 times it's mentioned in the Old Testament. And 53 of those 69 times it has to do or is a part of the phrase to find favor in someone's eyes. So that's what it's talking about in the Old Testament. And 11 of those times it's used to describe an individual's uh, charm or favor. So in the Old Testament, that's its meaning, the word favor. In the New Testament, the word translated grace refers to favor or a gift of benevolent goodwill. In the New Testament, grace is sometimes used to express the effect of generosity. It is occasionally, occasionally refers to gratitude or generosity. Another interesting thing that I found out that grace has a variety of meanings. In fact, Jack Lewis says... The wide span of meanings that this word has then makes it imperative that one gives special attention to any particular passage dealing with this word. In in other words, looking at what it means in the context of that passage. And because there are a variation of meanings, um, you have to be careful to to look at that word in relation to the context um, and also not always in reference to God's saving grace. But Jack Cottrell mentions, uh, he provides a list of three terms that grace is used in relating to salvation. The first one is the source of salvation. It's an attribute of God's nature. You know the verse. John chapter 3 and verse 16. For God so loved the world 
that He gave His only begotten Son. That whoever believes Him, believes in Him, should not perish but have everlasting life. That's God's grace extended to mankind. Also, Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 4, I thank my God always concerning you for the grace that comes from whom? God. The grace of God which was given to you by Christ Jesus. And so Cottrell says, grace talks about the source of salvation. He also says it refers to the content of our salvation, the gift that we receive. And I mentioned to you, we'd be in Romans uh, several times, but here's one from Romans chapter 6 and verse 23. We mentioned it this morning. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ our Lord. It is a free gift, grace is, given to mankind through Jesus Christ. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 8. We'll look at this uh, a little more in just a minute. But Paul says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is a gift, it is the gift of God. So grace is that gift given, the only gift that can be given, uh, grace is a gift that can only be given by God. The way God uh, saves us, Cottrell says too, His plan of salvation. Now I want you to turn to Romans chapter 6. And we're going we're gonna to read uh, several verses there in Romans chapter 6. But in chapter 5... In chapter 5 of Romans, Paul emphasizes that salvation comes from grace and it's not of keeping the law. It's not of keeping the law. But he is careful to stress in chapter 6 and verse 1 that receiving grace does not allow us to do whatever we want to do. I have a book in my, in my, in my, on my shelf that's called Grace Gone Wild. In other words, some people think that, oh, you just, well, it don't matter what you do. It just, grace is going to cover everything. Well, grace does cover things. But remember our introductory story? In that, that famous preacher, he says, that's what God does for the penitent sinner. Romans, uh, or Romans chapter 6, I want us to notice verses 1 through 14. You see, Paul says grace means that we don't rely on our own works. But it also means that we're not free to do whatever we want to do. Oh, well, God's grace will cover me, so I'll do whatever I want to do. Well, I want you to notice what, uh, what Paul says in Romans chapter 6. Romans chapter 5 and 6 go hand in hand beautifully. Because before, at the end of chapter 5, he keeps talking about the free gift, the gift, the free gift, the gift of righteousness. Uh, verse 18, the free gift. He keeps talking about this gift through Jesus Christ. And then in, ver- in chapter 6, verse 1, What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? He asked this rhetorical question. So, hey, grace is going to cover us. Let's just keep on sinning. That way we'll get more grace. So the more we sin, the more grace we'll get. We need grace. So let's sin more. And Paul says, certainly not. How shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? He asked another rhetorical question. So Paul says, listen, when you become a child of God, yes, we receive that free gift of grace through Jesus Christ from God. But we don't just go out there and live any old way, do any old thing, just so we can get more grace. Because when you died to sin, how can you live any longer in it? 
And I believe he's talking about practicing there. In the book of 1 Corinthians, he, he talks about the, the Corinthian people there. He lists all these things, uh, all these sins, and he says, Such were some of you, but you were washed, you were cleansed, you were sanctified, you were justified through the blood of Jesus Christ. Also, in other places, he'll mention uh, Galatians chapter 5. He'll mention these works of the flesh. Those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. A few weeks ago, when we talked about, uh, we talked about heaven and the glory of heaven. And in the book of Revelation, if you'll read there in Revelation 21, I believe it is, it says, There will not be any abomination there. In heaven. Certainly not. How shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? Verse 3, Romans chapter 6. Or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into His death? Paul is kind of listing out here, uh, in addition to Acts chapter 2, how a person receives the gift of grace through salvation. Therefore, we were buried with Him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. For if we have been united together in the likeness of His death, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of His resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves of sin. Slaves of sin. See, an idea of slave means that that has control of me. The master has control of the slave. Uh, Also, later in chapter 6, he'll say, whatever you become a slave to, whether to uh, sin that leads to death or righteousness that leads to life, you're going to be a slave to one thing or the other. That will be your master. Righteousness or sin. Knowing this, verse 6, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves of sin. For he who has died has been freed from sin. Now if we died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with Him. Knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, dies no more. Death no longer has dominion over Him. For the death that He died, He died to sin once for all. But the life He lives, He lives to God. Likewise, you also reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body, that you should obey it in its lust. And do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but present yourselves to God as being alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under law but under grace. You see what grace does for us? Cottrell says grace is the source of salvation. It comes from God. Uh, it's, it's the gift that we receive from God. And it's, it, it has it to do with in God's plan of salvation. Being believing, being buried with Him in baptism, and continuing to walk with Him in the light as He is in the light. First John tells us. Well, I want us to notice at least some of the verses from some of the passages that you'll notice in your book this week as you read on this word, grace. Turn 
Turn in your Bibles, if you will, to the book of Genesis 39. I want to touch on these, and then uh, one of the last ones, are, I want to look at one that will have a different, um, uh, a different idea uh, from uh, that of being, having to do with salvation, a word that's in the book of Hebrews. In fact, we talked about it in our class this morning. Genesis chapter 39 and verse 21. Oh, I love Genesis 39. You remember, this is where Joseph uh, is in Egypt. He's a slave in Egypt. And God says this about Joseph. Genesis 39 and verse 21. And, you, and you'll notice this this week in your devotional books. But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy, and he gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. There's that word, favor. God gave Joseph favor. Why was that? Because Joseph showed himself faithful to God. Psalm chapter 84. Turn your Bibles, if you will, to the book of Psalm 84. Psalm 84, and we'll notice a few verses here. Now, I want to note this too. In your devotional books, uh, you will uh, likely read through more parts of, this, of these chapters as it deal with, deals with this Word. But we want to notice just a few of those. Uh, in fact, I believe it's the second day you'll, you'll look at Psalm chapter 84. Uh, but tonight, let's look at verses 10 through 12. For a day in your courts is better than a thousand. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than to uh, than dwell in the tents of wickedness. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing he will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. O Lord of hosts, blessed is the man who trusts in you. That grace and favor comes to the ones who will walk up rightly. Ephesians chapter 2 we looked at. Ephesians chapter 2 and I want you to notice verses 8 and 9. This is a very a very well known passage of Scripture. Uh, Ephesians chapter 2. And I want to read down to verse 10. Grace through faith. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Not of works, lest anyone should boast. For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. I heard uh, someone talking about grace one time, and, and they talked about how Paul talks a lot about grace, and he says it's not by law, it's not by doing all the good things that you can do, yet... Grace and works seem to go hand in hand, not because the works bring about the grace, but our faith and our obedience to God uh, gives us that access to the grace, but then we're created to do good. Someone said this about Paul as it related to grace, that Paul did all the things that he did because of the grace of God. In other words, Paul didn't have a checklist. Now when he was Saul under, uh, under the old law and he was following the old law, that might have been the, what Paul did. In fact, did, wasn't it Paul who said, listen, if anybody could boast in the flesh, I could boast more so. A Pharisee among Pharisees. 
Circumcised on the eighth day. Listen, I knew the law. I studied it well. I followed it the best I could to a T. And yet, it wasn't good enough. And so Paul going about doing his good works, serving the Lord, wasn't about keeping a checklist. Well, I've done that. I can check that off. Well, I've done that. I can check that off. He said, no, because of what God has done for me, because of the grace that God extends to me through Jesus Christ, I'm going to do it. I'm going to serve. We sing that song. I owe a debt to the Lord. He paid a debt that I cannot pay. Paul wasn't concerned about paying the debt. Paul was concerned about the joy that he received, uh, the grace that he received in Jesus Christ, and he wanted to share that with others, and he wanted to serve others as a result. Real quickly, let's look at Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4. Beautiful things going on here in the book of Hebrews. If you, if, so I know some of you, class, some of the classes have studied Hebrews. Uh, in the Mighty Oaks class, we're in Hebrews now, and you'll know that through Hebrews, these people that he's writing to, they're wanting to revert back to Judaism, and he talks to them about, uh, hey, they thought the angels were high, they thought Moses was high, uh, and the high priest, and he comes along and says, Jesus is better. You want to go back to that old way of life? Jesus is better. And something interesting in our lesson today, Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 16, he says, Let us therefore come boldly as a result of what God has done to us. Let us come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. I was reading one commentator or a couple of commentators that said, This idea, throne of grace... Of course, grace comes from God, John 3.16. We've already looked at that. But this idea of throne of grace, a lot of times those writers would use the throne of grace instead of saying throne of God. Because the name of God, man, that meant something. The name of God, Jehovah, Yahweh, that wasn't just any other name. They took that name seriously. And I doubt seriously that you would ever hear any of these Hebrew writers use these names in a derogatory way. These names that refer to God were special. And so sometimes you will find through Scripture that they might say throne of grace as it relates to God. They're talking about the throne of God where we receive grace for the penitent sinner. Turn over, if you will, now to Romans chapter 3. Probably it seems that one of the most vivid uh, descriptions of grace is found by Paul all through the book of Romans. Paul uses a powerful imagery to show the, and to highlight how humanity, how far humanity is from the righteousness of God. In verse 22, he reminds us that every single person has sinned and falls short of the glory of God. Verse 23, Job 9 and verse 5, Job asks, How can a man be in, in the right before God? And in Romans 3, Paul asks a similar question. And his answer is, It's not the law since no one will be justified through it. Let's look at Romans chapter 3 and we'll begin 
in verse... Well, let's begin in verse 21. But now the righteousness of God apart from the law is revealed, being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ to all and on all who believe. For there is no difference, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, being justified freely by His grace through the redemption of that is in Christ Jesus. Now, I don't want to say a lot about redemption because that's going to be a word that uh, we'll study in our small groups. But the idea that um, it, we receive that grace through Jesus Christ who redeemed, bought man uh, back in that relationship to God. Verse 25, "...whom God set forth as a propitiation by His blood, one that stands in our behalf through faith, to demonstrate His righteousness, because in His forbearance God had passed over the sins that were previous, previously committed, to demonstrate at the present time His righteousness, that He might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Him. I came across a, a story as it relates to grace that happened in 1998. An employee of Terramundo Drilling named Ed Leonard accepted a new assignment in Colombia. He was taken hostage by the armed rebels and lived the life of a prisoner in the, uh, in the Andes Mountains. He lost 21 pounds and lived out of a tent. As his captors demanded $500,000 from his employer, Norbert Reinhardt, Leonard had never met Reinhardt until October the 6th when the boss was exchanged for the employee. Reinhardt said, You must be Ed Leonard. Your shift is over. It is time for you to go home, Leonard told reporters. There is no way to put it in words. When somebody basically gives his life for you, that kind of exchange can be... Can't, can't, be put into, can't be put into any other word but grace. Powerful word, this word, grace. The Bible teaches us that God has extended that grace to mankind freely. Freely. For, you see, for God so loved the world. What a message that you and I have if, if in faith and obedience, repenting of our sins and, and laying those before God, being buried with Him in baptism, to rise in newness of life, to walk, not only like we talked about this morning, with the Prince of Peace, but also in grace. What a message. Because God did this and gave this to the world. But you know as well as I do, there are people that have not accepted this gift. Free gift. It just requires acceptance and obedience to God and His Word. And then grace extended to us freely. What a beautiful picture. What a beautiful sight. Tonight, it's our prayer. Have you accepted God's free gift of grace that's found only in Jesus Christ? The book of Acts is a great study. You go through the book of Acts and you see people who heard the message. Acts chapter 2, they were pricked in their hearts and they were ready to accept that free gift. 
that Peter had talked about, Jesus Christ, and make Him a part of their life. And to walk uprightly, as the Scripture says. And Peter says, repent and be baptized. Every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The gift of grace. Have you done that tonight? It's our prayer that you will. You see, the choice is ours. The choice is ours to accept grace and give our life to Jesus and walk with Him. It's also our choice each and every day to wake up and to choose to live uprightly or not. I'm thankful for God's grace. I'm thankful for God's amazing grace that He he sent Jesus into this world for those who will believe and obey to continue to walk in grace. If you need to respond to the Lord's invitation tonight, please don't wait another moment and allow us to help you any way we can as together we stand and sing.